This is episode 412 with Melissa Ambrosini and me. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Guess what, my beautiful friend? My fourth book, Comparisonitis, How to Stop Comparing Yourself to Others and Be Genuinely Happy is out right now. Number one, New York Times bestselling author and social media sensation Jay Shetty said, never before has a book been more needed. Future generations will thank Melissa for shining a spotlight on comparisonitis. And multiple New York Times bestselling author Gabby Bernstein said, since Melissa refers to people who have recovered from comparisonitis as unicorns, I suppose that makes this a sort of unicorn training manual. I'm so grateful that such a manual has arrived. It's been infinitely helpful to me. Head to comparisonitis.com or Amazon to get your copy today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Melissa Ambrosini Show. And today we have a very special guest, my beautiful wife. It's so nice having you run the podcast for a bit, for a minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it, actually. And just sitting in the passenger seat. It's really fun. But I do miss you guys so much. Yeah. We've got some epic episodes coming up very soon. We certainly do. And we are jumping in for a few bonus episodes for the next few weeks, just trying out a bit of a different format because it's been really fun answering some questions and we have so many questions. And you guys have said how much you love these episodes with both of us answering your burning questions. So we thought whilst baby girl is sleeping, we may as well do some more. Yeah, we loved the last one. It was a lot of fun. So today we're going to be diving into some more questions focused around love and relationships, and that is romantic, friendships, family, all types of relationships. And this is something which we love talking about, obviously, because we are in a relationship. (laughs) And we love relationships. And it's something that, honestly, we've actually had to do a lot of work on this to find ourselves where we are now. We haven't always had a, what, smooth sailing relationship, darling? Yeah, well, I mean... We've had some bumps. Yeah, but we talk about this a lot, about doing the work on ourselves and then work on our relationship. And I'm really loving where we're at. And not only just with our relationship, but our friendships as well. So, which we'll dive into as well. We will. So, shall we kick it off with the first question? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, this one refers to the cave. Okay, so the cave is something we spoke about in episode 404, Nine Habits of Wildly Successful Relationships. And it comes from the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, which had a huge influence on our life, on our relationship. And John Gray, who wrote that book, has been on the podcast and it's the most downloaded episode of all time. Yes, and he's coming back soon. But the cave is basically where men disappear to in their heads. It's not like a real cave, or it can be actually. It could be there. The man cave. Garage, tool shed. I also want to just point out that we're not talking just about heterosexual relationships here. Now, of course, that's our experience, so that's something that we know very well. 
But when we say men, if you're in a same-sex relationship, you can just take a good look at your partner and yourself and figure out, well, who is the more feminine, who is the more masculine? And you'll be able to apply very similar things to your relationship. It should really just be exactly the same. The rules are the same, okay? And so the cave is basically when Nick or the man or the more masculine person in the relationship goes into a cave, so to speak. They go into their own world. You know, they're maybe in their head a lot more. I actually remember in my early 20s, I was dating this guy and he would go into his cave and I took it personally. And he said to me, you have to let this go, Melissa. It's just, I'm, I'm just going through something. And I remember thinking, but what have I done? Does he not like me anymore? Does he not want to be in a relationship with me anymore? Like, why is he holding back? But now that I look back, I just didn't understand that he was just in his own world, in his own process, and it's not personal. So Nick will sometimes go into his cave. And even this this morning, he said to me as we were walking down to the beach, he said, babe, I'm just feeling a little bit flat today. I'm not in my cave, but I'm just feeling a bit flat. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, practice crystal clear communication. Now I understand that he's not in his cave. He's just feeling a little bit flat. But then there has been times where Nick has been in his cave and having this dialogue, having this understanding of what the cave is has been so helpful for us and especially me because I don't take it personally when Nick just goes more inward. And I know for me, I go inward, but the feminine still We like to go inward, but we love to talk things out. We love to talk it out, whether it's with a therapist or a coach, a friend. We love a chat. It's interesting when you understand this, you can really, I guess, slip past with an amount of effortlessness any things that could have become like an event, that could have become something when it was actually nothing. So if you look at, for example, I'm in my cave because maybe I am just in a creative cave. I'm writing a song, can't get out of my head, and I'm just walking around thinking about it all the time. Now, that can look like I'm being cold, right? Emotionless, distant, and generally the feminine really does not like that, okay? No, because we want all the love and all the cuddles and all the touch and all the I love yous and you're so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) We're not needy at all. (laughs) But what can happen is feminine can do two things can stand there and like annoy the man in the cave and like bang on the door and try and get them out. Like stand at the door of the cave and visualize that, like visialize the woman standing at the door of the cave and banging on it like, come out, what's What's wrong wrong with you? What have I done wrong? What what have I done? Did I do something? Like how frustrating and annoying is that? The other thing that they can do is go the other way and become cold themselves, take it personally and like close off. And both of you are closed and in your heads and One of our favorite sayings, nothing good comes from closing. So the feminine could go either of those ways. And the problem with that is all of a sudden now you've got a cold or closed feminine. A man who was just doing his thing naturally is now becoming closed himself because now the feminine's closed. All of a sudden you've created an issue where there was no issue in the first place. Okay, so it's really important to understand And the question was how to get a man in their cave to process and communicate openly instead of ignoring it. And I think we kind of answered the question. (laughs) You can't. (laughs) There's no amount of banging on the cave door that is going to entice a man out of their cave willingly singing and dancing along the way. 
And it's challenging for me. It's been challenging to step back and just allow Nick to be in his cave because you don't know how long he's going to be in his cave for. He could be in his cave for a day. He could be in his cave for a week. He could be in his cave for 10 days. I don't know. Usually it's not been that long. Like- well, I'll give you an example. So one of my passions is cryptocurrency, which I've been involved for four years now. And we had a great episode on here with Lark Davis on that, which we'll link to in the show notes at melissaremasini.com forward slash 412. But with cryptocurrency, it's a very heady thing. And sometimes I'm going through phases where I'm wanting to like rebalance the portfolio and do something radical. And you know, there's a bit of money involved, so I don't want to get it wrong. So I'll go into my cave and I'll literally be consumed, whether it's a matter of hours or a, or a few days, potentially for a few days. And I don't think to myself, oh, I have to make sure I tell Melissa I'm in my cave. I just slot in there without really even knowing. But sometimes I become aware of it. I'll be like, hey, just letting you know, I've got this on my mind. All is good. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm just in my cave. And I really appreciate it when you do tell me that because it takes the guessing out for me. You know, I'm not sitting here going, well, I, I mean, I don't really do that much anymore, but it does take the guessing out. Like, is he in his cave? Is he not? But now when you have the awareness to say, hey, babe, I'm in my cave, I'm like, cool. See you when you get out. <laughs> so this kind of answers the question. It is about awareness. So on the part of the feminine, it's about having awareness that the masculine is in the cave. And when you say to communicate openly instead of ignoring it, well, don't try and communicate with the masculine while he's in the cave. That is actually the answer to the question is he's not going to. Just sit back and go, you know what? You can even say, hey, darling, sweetie, are you in your cave right now? If they have the same understanding of the dialogue and they just go, they may not even have realized, be like, oh yeah, actually I am. I've got this in my mind. I need to work it out because men are problem solvers or masculine is problem solvers. And then you're like, okay, cool. Boom, done, dusted. You can just leave it from there. And move on. And that's practicing crystal clear communication, which is what we talk so much about. But men also, or the masculine also, can't use the cave as an excuse to become a cold a-hole. So be mindful of that for the masculines listening, that it is not a weapon. (laughs) It is just a dialogue that you have with each other to understand each other better so you can meet each other's needs. Which is what, you know, our relationship is about. It's about meeting each other's needs, helping each other. And I'm reading a lot of parenting books as well. Same with your children. Like my role right now is to meet our baby girl's needs before it tips over the edge. What was the saying you said to me today? Not not too much, just enough or something? Oh, so in Montessori, I uh, love the Montessori philosophy and I love the Steiner philosophies as well. And in Montessori, they say, help your child as little as possible, but as much as necessary. So how did that relate to relationships? <laughs> you were saying that it's about meeting each other's needs and you're oh, meeting the needs of, of, of Bambi. Yes. And can you apply that to a romantic relationship? Uh, Not too much, just enough? I don't think so. No? I know your needs. What are my needs, darling? Respect. Mm-hmm. You know, the masculine want to feel respected. Appreciated. Appreciated. Obviously loved. And the feminine, we want to feel appreciated. Heard. Heard. Hmm. Underline that. Heard. (laughs) (laughs) Not fixed. Heard. So, yeah, trying to get a man out of their cave, the short answer is don't practice crystal clear communication and just allow them to go inward. Allow them. We all have times where we want to go inward. Just allow them to do it. Okay. Awesome. Next question. How do you deal with in-laws when they're being difficult? We're pretty blessed because we have great in-laws. Okay. So, for example, my, my father, right? We kind of just accept, like, that's just crazy. He, he just <laughs> is who he is and 
you know, I guess we kind of excuse some interesting behavior. <laughs> Almost, it's kind of funny. It is funny. But I always say that I won the in-law lottery. Like your parents are amazing. They're beautiful. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. But if, you know, I know that's not the case for every situation. And I think it's rarely the case. Mm. It seems to be very common that people have issues with their in-laws. Very common. I think one thing that you can do is definitely practice crystal clear communication as best you can with them, you know, and set boundaries, set healthy boundaries. Just because they are your in-laws, that doesn't mean that you have, have to, to listen to everything they and say. should, you know, delete that word should. Like you should see them five times a week. You should let them pick your children up from school. You should let them do this and should boss you around. Or you should go to your third cousin's uncle's dog's birthday party. Yeah. No shooting, hey? No shooting. So practice crystal clear communication. And and if that doesn't feel comfortable for you, setting some healthy boundaries. Really important. Set some healthy boundaries with them. You know, we've had to set healthy boundaries with both of ours since baby girl was born. You know, we have a very particular way that we want to raise her. And it's out of their ordinary way that they would function. Let me give an example. We say to them, you know, when you come over, please don't wear any perfume or toxic deodorants, you know, things like that, because her microbiome is getting built right now. And those toxic perfumes and deodorants and chemicals and all those sorts of things is not going to support her microbiome. So going back to the question, healthy boundaries, like that was practicing crystal clear communication with my parents and Nick's parents and saying, hey guys, you know, this is something that's really important to us that when you come over, is it okay that you, you know, don't wear perfumes and you don't wear colognes and just setting up those healthy boundaries for what feels right and true for you and practicing crystal clear communication. I think as well, you know, something you have to keep in mind with in-laws is it is a different generation. So a lot of the time they're going to have different views on food, you know, what you should be eating, really important topics like vaccination. Politics. There's going to be, a lot of the time, very different thoughts behind these things and different beliefs and core values. Religion. And that's where you just need to say, especially with something like immunization, if you've got a different view to your in-laws, you just say, hey, look, I totally respect and appreciate that that's true for you, but what's true for us is this. And that's how we're going to be raising our children. And um, we'd really appreciate it if we no longer speak about this because it's actually none of your business is actually our child. We've taken your advice on board, but we'd like to respectfully ask that we no longer speak about that. And if you say it like that, they're most likely going to respect you for being firm. So Loving but firm. Loving but firm. So we hope that helps. Next question. How to navigate severing ties with a family member? That's interesting. Now, I think to sever a tie is something pretty severe has to happen, like to completely sever a tie. Mm. That's a big deal. Yeah. Again, you could set up healthy boundaries, which, you know, we've done for different situations, family, friends. You know, you can set healthy boundaries there, but completely severing ties. Look, the point is that when is there ever a situation where honesty and communication is not valuable? Exactly. So much can be resolved with crystal clear communication. So many friendships could be saved. Family relationships could be saved with just crystal clear communication. I've found that 
So often I've been making up stories in my head about someone or something and then I have this crystal clear communication conversation with someone and it all dissolves and the relationship is fine. But there's a trick to this though because, for example, let's say you're having a really big issue with your brother, okay? Not talking about you, but the listener. Let's say you've got a brother or a sister or a sibling. You're having a really massive problem that's causing a lot of issues in your life. First of all, make sure that you're not projecting your stuff on them. Like, is it really something they're causing? How are you contributing? How are you co-creating? All right. And Because everything is a co-creation. And make sure that you're seeing their side, see the other side. Because if you're feeling emotional enough about something to sever a tie with someone, there's a chance, not always, but there's a chance you may not be seeing the other side. What happens when you put yourself, it's called empathy, right? When you put yourself in someone else's shoes, you truly see the other side. That emotional charge always, every single time, it dissolves. It never ceases to amaze me how incredible this is when you just see the other side. So first of all, do that because you might find a whole lot more love and patience and compassion for that person by seeing the other side. Let's say you do all that and it's just, there's no resolving this and you've decided, I really need to limit my time with this person. Which is okay. Which is okay. By the way. You can absolutely practice crystal clear communication, but you have to make sure that if you write a letter or an email or you have a conversation, that you're doing it all from a place of love. So sit down and like plan it in your own mind or write it out and then read it back and be like, is that coming from love or is that coming from love? And really ask yourself that question because you might expose yourself and realize, Ugh, this is actually about me. And there's some juicy, often there's some juicy nuggets of gold and wisdom in that for us. And remember that if someone really hurts you, I always come back to that quote, hurt people, hurt people. And that doesn't make whatever they said or did okay, or it's not condoning it, but it makes me soften in my heart when I remember hurt people hurt people. Because for someone to say something hurtful or to do something hurtful, you have to be in a pretty dark place within yourself. You do, yeah, 100%. So have that compassion and that empathy and pull on that. But yes, again, set healthy boundaries. You do not need to be treated like a doormat. You don't deserve that. You don't deserve being spoken to poorly. So set healthy boundaries, own your worth, and never stay in a toxic, unhealthy relationship just because you have empathy for them. Own your worth. and Or just because you should, because there's family expectations on you to maintain a certain level of relationship. Mm-mm. I think that one thing I would say about my family that's been great is there is very little expectation between me and my siblings. And your parents. And my parents, You yeah. guys have no expectations. Oh, on... I think we all have some level of expectation. Yeah, but not as many as my family, <laughs> my Italian it's family. Different. It's different, yeah. 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 Beautiful. So next one relates to me and my previous marriage slash divorce. Can Nick please give advice on getting through divorce or a life breakdown? Interesting. So, yeah, (laughs) this, if you're going through a bit of a life breakdown or a divorce. I would call them spiritual upgrades. Exactly what I was going to say, because (laughs) you have to remember that through that pain, you can find a hell of a lot of purpose. Through that mess, you can find a lot of mission, right? And for me, that's what happened. I was off track. I was in a lot of pain and I found my purpose in life. And life was a mess, but it revealed my mission, right? So really look at where you're at and 
just kind of feel all of it. I said this in a previous episode. Sit with it and the uncomfortable feeling and just go, I'm so alive right now. So alive. Because if your life was just easy peasy rainbows and butterflies and raspberry flavored farts, then how boring would that be? I mean, it would be novel if Melissa's farts smelt like raspberries. It would be kind of funny for a while, but after a while I'd normalize to it and it'd be boring, right? Not that I'd ever crave <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> weird, weird example. That was a weird example. <laughs> but first of all, look at it like, okay, this is a moment of growth. That's step number one. I'm in a moment of growth. It's not a breakdown. It's a breakthrough, right? Be really mindful of your language, not a breakdown. Secondly, I would say, please don't make your ex-partner wrong because there's no such thing as right or wrong. And I said this in the previous episode as well. You can either be right or happy. You choose. And you did make your ex wrong. And I've done that in many past relationships. I've made them wrong. But when you do that, you miss the magic and the growth from that relationship. If you just full stop, that person's wrong and they hurt me, end of story, you have totally missed the point of that relationship. You have totally missed the growth and the evolution because every relationship serves a purpose and every relationship is an opportunity to grow and evolve. And if you just full stop, they hurt me and cutting that person out of my life and making them wrong, then you have totally missed the point. So sit down and work out how you contributed to that quote unquote breakdown. It's not a breakdown, it's a breakthrough. But how did you show up? How did you maybe contribute to that relationship? And this is what Nick did. I remember you sat down and you you wrote out how you contributed and you wrote a letter. I don't even think you sent it, but you wrote a letter for you. And I've done that in many past relationships as well. And it's so healing. I actually remember very clearly sitting down with my ex. Oh, this is Leo's mom. And we still, we have a good relationship and have a lot of respect for her. But it took me a while to get there. Okay. It took me about four, five years. So let's not just like sugarcoat it. It was challenging. And it also doesn't have to. We have friends that had very conscious, uncoupling experiences where they are great friends and still run businesses together. So it is possible. It, it is, is possible. absolutely possible. But it's different when you have kids, I think. Well, you don't know. I'm sure there's people listening. But I just think it's just an added layer of complication. There is an added layer, but, you know, just Nick saying that it took four or five years, don't take that as, oh, it's going to take four or five years for you too. That's no, why I'm what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah, the lessons which we're sharing with you are ones that you can implement straight away. So don't make them wrong, okay? I invited her over. We sat by the pool and I shared with her how some of the things that she did hurt me and how it made me feel and how it's impacted my life. And I just wanted to really openly Practice share that with clear. her. Yeah, but this was maybe two years after where I sat down and said, you know, I just really wanted to share this with you. This has been my experience. Knowing full well that, of course, I contributed to it, but I also was a great husband as well. I really was. You are a great man. <laughs> but, you are. You're the best husband But far ever. from perfect. And There's prob- no such thing. No, that's right. And then all of a sudden, I stopped making her wrong because she never made me wrong, to her credit. She never did. Right, but I made her wrong for a long time, and it caused so much friction. I was trying to force her to parent a certain way and do a certain, you know, be a certain person, and yeah, and like make Leo eat this and do that, and and it just, you know, 
it just creates so many problems. It's so much more unhealthy for Leo to be around that than it is to eat occasionally food that I don't approve of, like seriously, and get over it, <laughs> right? And so I eventually just surrendered. I'm like, okay, when Leo is with her, I trust her. He has chosen this life. He chose me. He chose her. And he's going to get the experience he needs to get to become who he is in life. And he's a very, very well-adjusted yeah. human being. So talented and just so proud of him. He's amazing. So I think that's probably the biggest advice I have is don't make them wrong. But if there has been pain in a relationship, if someone's caused pain, do what we said before and have empathy. Put yourself in their shoes, see the other side. And all of a sudden, I saw her as someone who was hurting really badly, really badly to hurt me the way she did, right? And I think she'd have no problem me sharing this, but you know, we were just in a different phase of our life where we weren't happy. We weren't happy people. And coming back to that quote, hurt people hurt people. And when, you know, when I've lashed out, I've been hurting, you know, and that's a good thing to remember. Yeah, I hope that helps. Um, The next question is biggest relationship challenges post baby and how to handle them. (laughs) It's funny because I said to Melissa, we were just looking at some of these questions. I said, what are our biggest challenges right now? Because the funny thing is for us is that it's been such an upgrade Mm. for our relationship. And of course, I was just defaulting to saying, of course, there's moments where I was like, hang on, there's not that many moments. (laughs) It's been good. It's been so beautiful. Like the birth experience just took us to another level. And then it's been such a beautiful upgrade for we've fallen more in love than ever before, which has been so beautiful. And, you know, Nick said, well, what are our challenges? Like, what are our challenges? Well, I think we've been lucky in the sense that we came into this period with a better understanding of each other's needs. Thank you to John Gray for that. Yeah, we both read Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus at the same time. So we'd read a chapter at the same time and then we'd discuss it. it. Mm. And we did that whilst I was pregnant. So that was amazing. And we were also doing some coaching. We were getting mentored through some- A couple of different mentors. Yeah, through some relationship stuff. We wanted to just be the best parents that we could be. And so we got a little bit of coaching or mentoring, whatever you want to call it, from one of our teachers, a Vedic teacher, which really was supportive for us. But I think the biggest relationship challenge... I I, think it's intimacy, personally. Yeah, or have we ever, maybe not practicing crystal clear communication, like this is like one example, I'm like, babe, you need to take out the bins or like something like that. I don't know. This is so, it's so petty. It sounds so petty, but really I'm... Am I the only man who lets the bins build up until they're overflowing? It's really annoying. Surely I'm not the only person who does I don't know. Guys, message me on IG. Does your husband or partner do the same thing? Like, I'm like, babe... My role is folding the washing, doing the washing. Yours is doing the bins. And we've spoken about this, but I don't know. You just like have let it slide lately. Well, we, we compost, right? So I'm like, let's just let it compost in the kitchen. <laughs> in the composting bin. Um, no, guys, this is like partly joking. We're joking. But no, let's talk about intimacy because. Yeah, because that was a question as well. Intimacy after having a baby. That oh, was okay. Someone wanted to know about that. But it's not a challenge. It's just. It's different. It's different. Well, firstly, you, you have to. You have to let your body heal and there's no way in the world like I wanted anyone coming near that area for a while. I still can't believe you had a baby out of your vagina. I'm just going to put it out there. I can't believe that she came out of you. It's It's wild. That's a magic trick, eh? Because I look at you now when you're naked, I'm like, how? (laughs) How did that happen? Where? It's like magic, magic trick. Like I always say, forget pulling rabbits out of a hat. Pull a baby out of a vagina. That is magic. Far out, it's magic. And Nick got to witness it. And just, yeah, magic. Like no drugs at home. And he got to witness that 
what do you think? Oh, well, I mean, I was with you standing at your, I was holding you up. So I was with you at your head end, <laughs> head end, top end. What top do you, end. What do you call it? I wasn't down at the bottom, so I couldn't see that moment. But, but you've seen the video. But we do have it in high definition, thanks to our friend Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Chloe. <laughs> um, right up there. And um, it's extraordinary to see what Melissa was able to move through and what the body could do and what Bambi was able to adapt to. And she just came out in such, well, it's really just like she is now. She's so happy. She's so cute. Freaking Far cute. Out. Oh and she my came gosh. out kind of just like that, sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Super chilled. And the whole way through the labor and the birth, her heart rate was just super chilled. She's just like this chilled, amazing happy human being. Anyway, I digress like hugely. Intimacy. So let's let, go back to intimacy. So yeah, there is, we had an appointment booked in with her, what would you call it? With Ocean. Oh, she is a pelvic floor women's physio. Specialist, yeah. So Specialist. We had an appointment at the seven week mark. We were planning on six, but we did seven just to double check everything was fine. And then she told us basically, hey, this is how you're going to make love for a while. And there was a process. It was like, it's not about having an orgasm. It's about the woman letting well, really about you controlling the situation. Yeah. And and easing back into it. Yeah, because it's it's tender. Yeah, for sure. And it feels different in, let me tell you, you know, there's all these stories about like women becoming digger or something. That's not my experience at all. It's the opposite. I don't know how that's the case. But I think, you know, coming back to the original question, like a challenge post-birth, this isn't a challenge. It's just new. It's, it's just new. new. We don't make love as much because... Well, number one, we have a baby, but it's been kind of fun because I've been sleeping in a separate bedroom. The first six weeks, we were together every night. Melissa really needed me a lot in those first six weeks. So I was like massaging her boobs every time, like five not five times a night. Getting the hucker for me, getting heat packs. Like it was all on. It was nonstop. It was all on, but it was so much fun. We were fun. like four in the morning laughing our heads off. There's like poo explosions. I like, the Can I tell that story? It's such a good story. Yeah, go for it. Well, it's probably, you know, nothing new to many parents, but I mean, I definitely got weed on by Leo because he has a penis. Yeah. <laughs> but Bambi doesn't have a penis, obviously, but she does have a butthole. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, I remember I was changing her in the middle of the night, kind of darkish. We used our blue block. The red light. Red light. So it's not dark. It's just like. I could just see enough. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden she just like machine gunned me <laughs> all over my chest, on my face. I was getting shot. I was like, and I was just like getting hit, taking the hits. And then I just sat, like put my arms out, just sat there, looked at Melissa and I was like, We were laughing our head off. And what's even funnier is I actually did jump in the shower. Did I? No, I don't think you did. And No, I didn't. I just wiped myself off. You took your shirt off because it was mainly. No, I didn't. I wiped myself down. In the morning, we wake up. (laughs) There is like orange poo all over my shirt because I didn't know how much I got. I mean, because it was dark all through the bed. But at 4 a.m., I'm just like, like, whatever. whatever. (laughs) Sleep in it. And like, that's how much you love your children, just sleep in their poo. Yeah. We were just like, whatever. And we're laughing our heads off. Anyway. What's this got to do with intimacy? I have no idea. Oh. You've been (laughs) sleeping in the other room. So, what's been quite nice is Melissa will. On nights where she's had a really good night and Bambi slept really well, she'll often wake up quite early, like Like, 5.30 or 5 or 6 or whatever, and then she'll just come into what's Leo's room, but my room. And um, I'm I'm usually awake anyway, but she'll come in and have a cuddle. And and sometimes there's lovemaking, sometimes there's not. And it's different. It's just different. It's so different. And And it won't be like that forever. Yeah. Like I said to her, is it going to be the way it was before? You know, because there was a certain way that we just kind of loved doing things and 
we're not there yet, you know? Still feels a little bit... bit tender and... Yeah, I guess, like, I'm sure there's probably also micro tears, you know, like in the vaginal walls. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, it definitely just feels different. So that's probably been the biggest thing, but it's not even a big issue. And no, when it's like priorities, slowly, slowly, it's like our training wheels back on, yeah. you know? But we're not going to use that as an excuse to no longer have a really good sex life because we've spoken about this so much about lovemaking being the glue that holds the relationship together. So we're super mindful of that and we're not going to be using that as an excuse because we actually really enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. Funny that. Yeah. Let's move to the next question. You know, we get asked a lot about how to find your soulmate and how to find your soul friends. So how do we do it? How do you find your soulmate? Well, I think for me, the biggest thing really it comes down to what I call unity points. And I've done a podcast on this. We'll link to this in the show notes at melissaramacina.com forward slash 412. But unity points are essentially exactly what it says. They're points of unity, right? So I've got two examples for you here. I've got a female-female relationship and a female-male relationship. I'm talking about friends and a romantic relationship. And I'm going to give you an example of them, which we can talk about. So there's Tegan and Jenny, and they're friends. Are they besties? They're besties. Okay. Okay. And I went through their core values and their unity points, and I wanted to see, well, where are the points of unity? Is there enough for this to sustain this friendship? So on health, both Tegan and Jenny are plant-based. They both believe in doing no harm to animals, uh, which is that practice of Ahimsa, which Gandhi spoke about so much. They both tread very lightly on the environment. They live a very low-waste lifestyle. They both eat organic and they shop at the markets. In terms of their love and relationships, they both value quality time and they eventually both want to marry and have children. In terms of money, Tegan's got a really abundant mindset and she really never struggles with money, whereas Jenny always complains of not having enough. Uh, When it comes to work, Tegan does work that she loves at a philanthropic company while Jenny is trying to move out of her corporate job into her, her own sustainable fashion label, which is currently a hobby. And when it comes to religion, they're both not religious, they're spiritual. And things like politics, they're just both not interested. So if you go through that list, you can see straight up that if you were on an app that was pairing you up with friends and you saw all those unity points, you'd be like, I want to catch up with this girl, right? Because those unity points are strong. There's a lot of things there that are very strong beliefs that they both believe in. Now, not everything is perfectly aligned because it never is going to be perfectly aligned in any friendship, right? So the big thing there was money. But the good thing is, Tegan, having this abundant mindset, is a really strong influence on Jenny. And Jenny is aware of her limiting beliefs around money, and they do speak about it. And it's really inspired her to pursue her passion in fashion and build her sustainable label. So you can see there that not everything has to line up. Okay, but let's say, for example, one's plant-based and one is carnivore. Well, that's extreme example. But that's going to be probably an issue if you'd believe in doing no harm to animals. Let's say that one wants to get married, other one doesn't believe in marriage. Their life's going in different directions in some respect. Doesn't mean it's at the end of the relationship. It just means, yeah, could be an issue there, right? Or something to talk about, something to work through. So the point here is to show you unity points. Does that make sense, darling? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love this concept. It's really powerful because you can just look at it. Yeah, and go, how many unity points do we actually have? Because it's really important, for example, if 
someone doesn't drink alcohol and the other one is an alcoholic, that's a really big unity point. Well, not even an alcoholic. To skip over. Or yeah, if they, or okay. they can't socialize without drinking. Yeah, or they have a drink every day. or And even if it's just like one or two or a bottle or whatever, every day or every second day, and the other person, that is not their core value. Their core value is health and going to bed early and looking after themselves. Like That's a pretty big unity point that is a bit of a red flag. Yeah, I think you can look at your friendships if there's challenges in certain friendships. Go through it. Have a look at these points of unity. They're all listed in Melissa's book, Open Wide. There's a core values you can look at and just kind of write it down and just assess it and go, ooh, and then talk to them about it. Crystal clear communication, right? My book, Open Wide, a radically real guide to deep love, rocking relationships and soulful sex. is so good. <laughs> thank you, babe. Isn't just about your intimate relationships. It's about all of your relationships. And there's a chapter called Dive Into Your Ocean, which is all about unlocking and understanding your own core values. Because once you know your core values, you can then align with a partner and friends that have the same core values, not even the same. You don't have to be friends with people that have all the same core values, or you don't have to be with a partner that has all the same core values. You do have to, however, know what your deal breakers are. And if, you know, you have to be someone who is of a particular religion, that's really important to you, that's a deal breaker, then you kind of need to know that when you go on the first date, whether that person is of the same religion. Well, you may not have to know on the first date because maybe you just want to go out and have sex. Maybe, if that's, that's your intention. your boat. Yeah. So understand your core values. Uh, look at your relationships now. And, you know, if you are in a romantic relationship, Get out a pen and paper if you're not driving and write down all of your unity points. Do you guys have the same views on health? Do you have the same views on exercise? Do you have the same views on religion? Like just play a little game with it and, and do it with your friendships as well. We're really lucky because our friendship group, our soul family, we call them, are just incredibly aligned on all these unity points. And it's quite phenomenal, actually. And it's interesting because I recently met a new friend. And for privacy, I'll leave his name out of it. But someone who, another friend said, hey, you should really connect with him. I think you'll get along. Because they knew our unity points. They knew there was going to be unity. And I decided, hey, what better way to bond with someone new than to take them rock climbing and scare the crap out of them. But that's also one of your unity points is being in nature and fitness and health. And so taking one of your friends rock climbing out in nature and, and doing exercise is something that you guys bond over. So it's really important to kind of know what what are your deal breakers? What are you willing to let slide or... or see the other side. See the other side, exactly. Well, and because I put myself out there, I, I didn't know this person particularly well. I was like, hey, let's spend some one-on-one time together or take you rock climbing. And we went to a local mountain and it was the most amazing day. And the funny thing was, he said to me, I've always wanted to do this. and it's been like on my dream list and I'm now totally hooked and totally obsessed. And he messaged me today, he's buying rock climbing shoes. So, <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to a much scarier mountain this weekend together. And I put myself out there and it's really important, I think, to, you can make grand gestures to create new friendships, I think, personally. Anyway, so we're going to now take Tegan. These are all fictional, by the way, but this is just to give you an example. So Tegan is now looking for her soulmate and she's got a great friend in Jenny. And Jenny has actually just introduced her to a guy called Mitchell. Now, Mitch is an interesting one. They've had a couple of dates together. 
And she's now aware of her unity points and sitting back and thinking, I need to take a good look at this because I like him, but there's a few things that feel a bit off. So let me go through it. When it comes to health, as you know, Tegan is plant-based, whereas Mitch eats eh, a bit of everything. He's not really fussed about what he puts into his body. So could be an issue. We'll see. When it comes to love and relationships, they both want something long-term and eventually to marry and have children. So that's a big tick, right? Big tick. With money, Tegan's, as you know, very abundant. Whereas Mitch just kind of lives day to day and doesn't really strive for any security. So I've always said many times on this podcast that the feminine, the feminine really craves security, really craves security. It doesn't mean it has to come all from the masculine, but the feminine craves security. So that could be an issue. With sex, Tegan's not that fast about sex, whereas Mitch just wants it all the time, right? Again, could be an issue unless there's crystal clear communication and, and maybe Tegan changes something within her to find more intimacy. When it comes to work, Tegan lives on purpose. She does what she loves, whereas Mitch just picks up odd jobs here and there, right? Could be an issue. When it comes to purpose, it's very important to Tegan, whereas Mitch, not so important. Religion, Tegan's super spiritual, but Mitch is not interested in God or spirituality. Politics, Tegan, not interested. Mitch loves watching the news and loves keeping up with politics. Education and learning, Tegan loves learning always learning, reading self-help books. Mitch is just not interested. He'd rather watch Netflix. And with philanthropy, Tegan's super passionate, as you know, because she works for a not-for-profit, whereas Mitch doesn't believe in giving because he just actually can't afford to. So it's date number two. She's gone through, she's looked at these unity points. Doesn't mean she has to end it right there, but she's now aware that there are some things there that could be quite challenging in the long term. What do you think, darling? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're all little flags for me. And I mean... It depends what you want. If you want just a one night stand or whatever, then that's your intention. Then you only need that one unity point. Exactly. For one night stand, the it unity is, is to want sex. Exactly. But if you are looking for something different, then this is a really fun exercise. And I actually wrote down before I met you or before we got together, because I knew you before we got together, I wrote down in my journal all of the things that I wanted to be unified with, with someone. So I literally wrote out my dream man and it was you <laughs> to even what you look like. And you said in, a musician. Yeah, I said a musician because in my- You're just uh, writing about me. I wrote, do you know what I wrote? I wrote- You secretly um, writing about me? Playing. <laughs> no, I wasn't. You were. No, because I didn't know. You were dreaming about me for Oh yeah, years. for sure. Oh, well, I was. My, my soul was. Uh, <laughs> but when I was meditating on it too- there was a brown-haired, tanned man sitting with a guitar. I mean, Nick Broadhurst. Did you <laughs> come into my dream? Swapped it for a piano. Well, you know how to play the guitar as well. Well, I did play guitar when you first met me. I yeah, you can it. play everything. <laughs> it's interesting because I remember a moment you were sitting on, at the time it was my balcony, although it became your balcony very quickly within like the second date, I think, because you moved in and we got obviously engaged after two weeks, so... It was your home from day one, but you were sitting on the balcony. I remember doing a coaching call because I used to do one-on-one coaching. In fact, you just opened up to one-on-one coaching, which is on your website. You can check it out. But you looked back at me and I was doing yoga in the living room and I just saw this look on your face like, do you remember that? Yeah, I was like, I'm home. Yeah, I remember it so I clearly. Can, I remember the, I can still visualize it. Yeah, so cool. We actually forgot a very important question. Okay. What did you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> I had a smoothie bowl. What's in your smoothie? Like, well, let's be specific. Okay, it's so really funny because I've been posting it on Instagram because it looks so pretty. So it's a smoothie bowl and it's got like 
wild. Hang on, I'll tell you what's in it in a second. But I've been posting it on Instagram and the amount of questions I've been getting from people saying, what's in it? What's in it? What's in it? Okay, first of all, there's about 48 things in it. <laughs> so I'm not going to list them all, but it's wild blueberries and protein powder and Give it your best shot, banana and flax seeds, flax seeds chia, chia seeds. seeds. There's some a seaweed. I always put a seaweed in there. There's ginger, there's turmeric, there's fennel, there's zucchini, there's what else? There is moringa powder, which is a herb. Yes. There is alfalfa grass powder, which is amazing. It's from this company called Suede Hills in Canada. We'll link to that in the show notes. It is an extraordinary product. It has a hundred foot deep root system. So it's sucking up all these amazing minerals. It's just an extraordinary product grown by this old couple, like 80 year old couple. It's really beautiful. And also in that blend, we put in olive leaf powder, which they also grow. So um, that's something I make up for Melissa because it's all those things like olive leaf for immune system, extraordinary. Moringa for breastfeeding is awesome, but just for everything, it's amazing. And alfalfa, again, has got like so many minerals, vitamins, got bees, it's got everything in it. It's extraordinary. So you put that in there. And then a bit of avocado, bit. some fennel. Did you oh, say yeah. that? Yep, I said that. And then blend mint, it all together. Fresh mint. Sometimes some mint. And then on top, I put raspberries, blueberries, and some hemp seeds. And it is the most delicious thing. I look forward to it. I love it so much. I love smoothies so much. But yeah, I turn it into like a smoothie bowl. It's very, very filling. But you do forget one thing. What's that? Your morning juice that your lovely husband makes for you. Oh, so my amazing husband does a cold-pressed organic juice first thing. So first thing in the morning, we have a beautiful, big, massive glass, a huge ball mason glass of filtered hydrogen health water, which I'll link to in the show notes. And you can get 20% off with the code MELISSA. So we have a beautiful glass of room temp or mine's usually warm, like almost hot water. So I have that first. And then a little bit later, I have an organic cold pressed juice that Nick makes for both of us. And I just have like half a glass of that. And that's usually got a million different things in it. I have half then and then I have the other half for morning tea at around 10.30 or 11. And after my first bit of juice, then I have my smoothie. And you kind of do the same thing. I do the same thing. Yep. And you just added a few different things into your... If you've got 48 things, I've got 148 things. Yeah, he adds and way more things into his smoothie. It takes about an hour. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but I don't think that's a great idea. Like this morning, I just had fruit on its own and it digests a gazillion times better than my smoothie. And I think the simpler the meal, the better you feel. Honestly, it never fails me that. And we're going to link to the juicer that we use as well. In the show notes, I'm going to be putting that in your shop soon, actually, darling. Yeah, amazing. We're revamping Melissa's shop to have a huge recommended section on all different categories, all the things she loves. And you can get heaps of epic discounts on different things. So make sure you check it out if you want to get it. Actually, someone voice messaged me on Instagram today saying, what juicer do you use? Yeah, so we'll link to that soon. And um, It's, it's the not, Rolls Royce of juicers. currently not live in the shop. The shop is going to be revamped very soon this week, actually. Next question is the last question, I think. Yes, this is the last question. Well, we've got, you know, about 20 minutes left until baby girl wakes up. So go for it. Okay. You mentioned in Comparisonitis that you write books serendipitously about what you are being most challenged with at that moment. You also said that when writing open wide, you were sleeping on the couch, wondering if your marriage was over. Big love and hugs for your past selves. It says, I'm curious to understand what your big blocks were during that time and how you overcame them both as individuals and together. That's a great question. So yes, whilst I was writing Open Wide, 
we were going through a massive upgrade and I was sleeping on the couch and wondering like what the hell is going on. I was actually really depressed at the time. He was. So for those who have read Open Wide or came to our Open Wide tour, you'll know this story, but Nick was going through a very big spiritual upgrade. And the catalyst for that, thanks very much, was the ketogenic diet. Kicked my ass, didn't it, darling? It did. It did. Kicked Um, my little butt. It did. I did have a very little butt at that time. (laughs) So one of the reasons why we were going through this big time was Nick was going through a huge time. He was going through a massive spiritual upgrade and we didn't have the tools that we have right now. And there was a lot of projecting onto me and a lot of me taking things personally and... Not meeting each other's needs. We didn't have a framework to understand that. And you were quite angry, weren't you? Mm, yeah, because... He was, a, he was a bit of an angry human at that time. When you, when you have no energy, it's very hard to be a nice person. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. It's really challenging because you just feel like crap. And uh, I've spoken about this on my podcast, and I've spoken about it at length and why I don't recommend that. But anyway. The ketogenic diet? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, so, you know, Nick was going through a big spiritual upgrade and the blocks specifically for you, Nick, what were they? I think it was just my mitochondria. (laughs) We're just like running on fumes, man. It's so funny. It's so so something you would say. Just my mitochondria. (laughs) You know, my friends were saying to me today that Nick's self-care regime is like goals. They were saying, because, you know, they were looking at our infrared sauna in our garage and I was telling them how Nick's getting a hyperbaric oxygen chamber and they were like, Nick, seriously, is like biohacking, next level, self-care ninja. You are? It's not like I'm trying to stop the aging process or anything. I just want to feel as good as I can feel. I've just had a daughter. I'm 42. And when she's 42, I want to keep up with her. That might sound ambitious, but I want to do it, right? And it's the little things you do every day that add up to a lot in the long run. So today, for instance, I didn't have breakfast. I just had a juice actually this morning because I do believe we need to give our digestion a rest. Now, just doing that once a week, it doesn't sound like much, but do it over 10 years, it actually adds up to a lot, right? So taking small steps each day, making good choices is important. I'm very excited about my hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Mm, He's so excited about it. Well, you should be too. It's freaking amazing for recovery. When do you think that... um, When you do your work, take your laptop and do it in there. Yeah, okay. Yeah? That's a good idea. We're going to have a whole How will I hear baby girl if I'm downstairs in the garage? You have a husband with ears. (laughs) Very big ears, actually. (laughs) Musical ears. Okay. But back to the question. So anyway... I think that the thing is there, I don't know if we actually really moved through a lot. I think we just survived it, to be perfectly frank with you. I think we just survived it and got slightly better. As time went on, I don't think we actually moved through any particular blocks in that period. We just scraped through, Mm. in my opinion. Yeah. And it wasn't until more recently we actually, I think, let go of some of that stuff. Uh, No, that's not true. That was ages ago. When was Open Wide? When did that come out? I think you wrote it in like 2017. Oh, baby girl is awake. But I think that answers the question. So, (laughs) darling, would you like to go and tend to the little one and I'll wrap things up? I know there's one more question I'm going to address, but um, I think we're good guys. What's that question? You look like you have the best group of friends. I want to find my soul family. How do I do it? 
Give us your top tips quickly and you can go and see her. Firstly, be the type of person that you want to be friends with. Boom! Secondly, look for people with the same unity points. Boom! And thirdly... Put yourself out there. Put yourself out there, exactly. Make an effort. I love you guys. I've got to go tend to our beautiful baby girl. She'll be smiling her head off when you walk in there. She's so cute. Oh my goodness. I love you guys. Don't forget to head to comparisonitis.com to get your copy of my latest book and all the free goodies that go with it. I cannot wait for you to read it and to hear what you think. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I mean, we love doing this because actually it's a great time for Melissa and I to kind of just have a conversation (laughs) because usually in the times when she's asleep, we just try and get our work done a lot of the time, don't we, darling? It's nice to chat to you. I'm meant to be gone. See you. Bye. Bye. And um, yeah, we really enjoy it. So if you love it, please let us know by sharing this on social media. Follow Melissa at Melissa Ramosini and myself at I am Nick Broadhurst and share this episode, whether it's a screen recording or a screenshot or something. Please share the love, spread the love. This is how good information gets out there is good people like you sharing it with people that you love. And we also will be asking you what you want us to talk about, what questions you want answered on social media. So if you're not following us on social media, you won't be able to ask your question. So we hope we've made a few people's day today by answering your questions. And uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button if this is your first time hearing our podcast, or actually <laughs> Melissa's podcast, but it has become mine the last month or so because I'm guest hosting it. I will gracefully relinquish the role, the title, the throne very soon, guys. But there's still some amazing stuff coming your way. We hope that you're loving it. And don't forget today to look up. See the beauty around you. See the beauty inside you. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Be compassionate. To yourself, be compassionate to others. See the other side always. If you're feeling emotional charge, put yourself in the other person's shoes and you'll have a much better day. And in fact, on that note, have a beautiful day. I love you heaps. Mwah.